we have these crossroads. And you know, either way you choose, your life is going to be different. The universe doesn't exist, but God thinks it does. We have to stop consuming our culture. We have to create culture. Stupidity has a definite evolutionary function. I am all for abolishing stupidity, but before it goes, we should pay tribute to it. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Nonsense Bazaar. I'm Sequoia Kennedy. And I'm Sequoia Kennedy. You really, really. <laughs> and I'm Willow Truman. Today of all days. Don't confuse me. And it's, I'm Sequoia Truman. It's worse than you can imagine And I'm already. Willow Kennedy. I, I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and we're your hosts. Welcome yeah. to the Nonsense Bazaar. Now, I want everyone to pull up a seat, light a fire in the fireplace, put on your leopard print smoking jacket, pour a glass of bourbon, because it's time for a story from the days of yore. Oh, goody. The olden times. A classic tale of fire and floods and wanton destruction and divine vengeance. One of the spookiest tales in the whole Abrahamic tradition. It has an outsized impact on the perception of all the weirdo fields of study. We're talking today about the first book of Enoch. Oh, boy. Yes. You know, there was a mattress guy at my house the other day to assess uh, my mom's mattress. She wants to get it replaced mm. because there's a dent in her side of the bed because she's always sitting in bed. Mm. They said that she, it can be replaced. Turns out it can. And the guy who came to the house to assess it named Enoch. Huh. Was he the most perfect man? <laughs> he, he was a beautiful specimen. Was he, he was Tiny, he the most, most righteous of all men. Tiny, round, brown haired, very righteous. Okay, good. Enoch's a righteous name. Yeah, I you don't come across too many people named Enoch, so, you know, it's worth mentioning. You definitely don't. I mean, I imagine there's some strange communities of people that wear nothing but various shades of beige yep. that have people named Enoch. Yeah. But apart from that, it's a, I mean, it's a pretty heavy hitting name. It's a cool name. It, he's kind of a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the Book of Enoch isn't anywhere close to the only place you'll find things that could be interpreted as allusions to aliens, UFOs, human hybrids, and the like. Mm-hmm. The story of Ezekiel, for for example, has been cited as an example of UFOs in the Bible. Personally, I made the mistake of smoking salvia when I was 16, so I have an entirely different opinion on just what the hell the uh, the wheel Ezekiel saw is. Oh, boy. Uh, but that's a story for a different day. Yeah, I've, I've been trapped on the wheel. Yeah, it, there's a wheel. I had fun, though. <laughs> I had a good time. I don't, I don't think you had a good time, but I did. I definitely didn't. It was, it was yeah. <laughs> Not every trip on the wheel can be good. No, yeah. Well, yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, there are many other examples, too. <laughs> Religious texts from all traditions are no strangers to weird shit in the sky. The Book of Enoch is a little bit different and has been interpreted a bit different. And it's particularly mysterious due to its like non-canonical status in uh, most Jewish and Christian churches. Right. But it's uh, also super famous. Right. Despite being referenced, it's even referenced a few times in the canonical texts. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it's super famous. And- why that is is pretty interesting. We'll get to that. But uh, the Book of Enoch presents a backstory and moral justification for the Great Flood, you know, over which Noah and his petting zoo sailed yes. uh, to repopulate the earth once God had drowned the rest of it. Had to be done. It did. You know, do over. <laughs> had, had to be done. Contains allusions to concepts that have been picked up by ufologists and magicians alike and contains a mythological justification for that particularly odd cosmology that paints aliens as demons and fallen angels while also weaving in technology and techno magic mumbo jumbo. And when I was writing the script, I accidentally mistyped that as mambo jambo. I have to point it out because it's funny to me. <laughs> yeah, mambo jambo. <laughs> 
And like by techno magic mambo jambo, think like large hadron collider portals to Saturn for the demons to come through. The big portals. Yeah. Yes. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, you gotta love the Book of Enoch. I'm glad we're talking about this. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Uh, you know, it's the old like old scripture has a. It's interesting because the ideas and concepts, it's like it's like really bad sci-fi, honestly. It's it occupies the same pretty good sci-fi need. Actually. Well, no, like I don't know. It's yeah. it's written kind of shitty compared to modern conventions. Oh, like it's it's all not very accessibly written. Yeah, no, and it's just like I wouldn't write it that way. No. You know? Just like really bad sci-fi, but sometimes sometimes a lot of the ideas produced in really bad sci-fi are like ideas worth thinking about. You Indeed. Know? And the Book of Enoch's been a touchstone of Western esotericism, too, with allusions to concepts found in standard magical practices, shades of the Book of Enoch found, for example, in not just the Book of Enoch, but this lore, uh, found, for example, in the most well-known of the Western magical rituals, the lesser ritual of the pentagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll touch on that later, but that's by virtue of just Uriel or Uriel being one of the four archangels, yeah. which it, he's not in, or Uriel's not in the canonical Bible. Uh-huh. It's not one of the arc. It's only in the uh, the side texts, mm-hmm. the expanded universe. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the fanfic. Yeah, and also like we're not biblical scholars, by the way. So like like at all, at all, at all. No. No, I got b- kidnapped and baptized in a fucking bathtub. I'm you know? Jewish. You should know more than me about this. And yet I don't because I was pulled out of Sunday school when I was like 10. Yeah. Because you know what they did? They They put up a board of all the kids' names and they were going to start putting little stickers next to who came in for Friday and Saturday services. Oh, I don't like that. Kids that got the most stickers would get a reward. So they show everybody... Oh, oh, who's the most religious? Who's the most loyal? Who's the, the best the Jew temple? here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But guess what? If you got two working parents, you're not yeah. going to temple on your yeah. on your Friday afternoon. Oh, that's ridiculous. So why should you sh- have the kid be shamed in front of everybody for that? And have, Shouldn't. Have their name have no stickers next to it. That ain't fair. So I, not... I got pulled out. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Pulled out of temple. So. I didn't like it anyway. I don't, I don't. I never understood it. I did not understand if the stories they were telling us were meant to be literal or not, and it confused me a lot. I don't know if they know either. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know if I could ask either. Like, are you for real? Like, did this really happen? <laughs> <laughs> are you telling me that the world was actually created in seven days? Is that real? Uh, so basically, if there's something in, if there's something in like literally probably any other religious text that explains something or whatever that confuses us. Sorry. Oh, yeah. We don't know. We're going to get a lot of shit wrong. I'm going to get so much wrong. Yeah. We're learning here, too. We are learning. We're having fun. We're exploring just like you. The the first part of the Book of Enoch concerns the Watchers, and it's called the Book of the Watchers. Uh, The fallen angels who teach forbidden knowledge to people, breed with them to create a race of giants, and generally cause a blood-soaked ruckus so that God has to send a man named Enoch to tell them they fucked up. They're fucked, and there's no coming back from this one. Yeah, you done fucked up, guys. Yeah. It presents a vision of heaven that is like supremely psychedelic, and it's pretty wild through and through. Uh, the latter parts of Enoch, the parables, um, tell the story of Enoch's ascension and transformation into the angel Metatron, the voice of God, which is also completely wild, but too much to get into today. Maybe at a later date. Okay. I, I, I like reading reading this old shit, you know? <laughs> so we're just doing the first book. Right. Today we're going to retell the story of Enoch, uh, the, the book of the Watchers, and try to make a little sense of this ancient alien's ass text. But first... We're going to do what we do, pull a tarot card, talk about it at the end. Excellent. 
Seven of Wands. Valor. Huh. Okay. All right. Mars in Leo. Cool. When I think about Mars in Leo, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I can. I can dig that. I can fucking dig it. Cool. Yeah. of angels from a bottle just to see if I could call the lightning down it hasn't struck me yet and I would wage my soul to bed that there ain't no one throwing lightning anyhow too many tries attempting fate to call it over and you get to thinking fate's got different plans like maybe I'm not born to die but to bring darkness to the sky pull that goddamn sun down any way I can you could be Come for me at night, an angry mob of torches bright outside my door. For all my spite, I might never win the fight, but I will rage against the light forevermore. I love that you chose a brown bird song. I mean, honestly. I don't know if there's any better band to express some Old My Testament God. shit. That band has, I've seen them I, perform during- I miss during, Brown Bird so much. Oh, uh, rest in peace, David Lamb. Fuck yeah. An amazing musician. Rest yeah. In peace. I saw them during very pivotal moments of my life. I never got to see him. God, I saw them by accident at like a first Friday event. No shit. Yeah, that's right. I'm- yeah, that was a long right time over ago. There. And um, I had been broken up with by my older boyfriend when I was in high school and he was in college. Oh, ah. <laughs> um, but he broke up with me over a text message after four years of being together. And I was at First Friday and I saw him there. And it was a very tumultuous moment for little teenage me seeing this this guy who had broken up with me and was not willing to acknowledge me or mm. be polite about it. And I remember I just I bought a big bag of kettle corn and <laughs> Brown Bird walked up onto the stage and started playing their fiddle and doing their folk music. And I just tapped into a different world. And I felt so at peace and so okay with everything. I bought their CD and I became like a super fan. I, I mean, that. dude, Brown Bird is a, <laughs> they were a fucking magical band. Yeah, uh, it was, they, that, it was the medicine I needed. Power. Yeah. It was the medicine I needed at that time. Oh, God, I love me some Brown Bird. Yeah. Anyway, back to the Book of Enoch. <laughs> yes. You can keep that in or don't. <laughs> I'll keep most of that in. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the first Book of Enoch was written somewhere between 300 to 200 B.C., while the second and third were written around 100 BCE. While probably originally written in Aramaic before being translated to Hebrew, neither of those translations survive. The only complete surviving text is written in the Ethiopian Gez, Gez language, G-E apostrophe E-Z. Yeah. An only select group of Ethiopian and Eritrean Jews and Christians consider it to be a canonical source. Okay. Yes. That's funny that there's like so many years in between the first one and the second and third. That's like yeah. if a Star Wars sequel came out like a hundred years later. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, dude, it's crazy how <laughs> That's like- That's so long. <laughs> yeah, shit gets compressed like when you go into the future. Yeah. And like we consider this one thing, it's like, and even like, oh yeah, it's only like a hundred years difference. Like, it's oh, a it's long just clearly time. not the same guy, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. But references to the Book of Enoch are plentiful though. The references in the Dead Sea Scrolls found at Qumran in Greek and Latin. It's evident that Enoch was known to Jews and early Christians alike. And that, like, that's definitely not debated. Yeah. 
And while Enoch was certainly known during the development of the Hebrew biblical canon, it is not included in either the formal Tanakh nor the Deuterocanon, the collection of apocryphal texts written before the split of Christianity and Judaism that are sort of seen to flesh out the formerly canonical text. Yeah, and this is a different Enoch than the Enoch that's like the son of Cain. There's two different Enochs? There's two. There's the one... So there's the the one who's the son of Cain, and then there's the one who's a descendant of Seth. This Enoch that we're talking about is the one who's the descendant of Seth. The other Enoch is the one who went on to like form the land of Nod that was east of Eden, like the land of evil and carnal pleasures. That's a different Enoch. Different Enoch. I... But isn't that confusing that there's two Enochs? Apparently there's four Enochs. God, why are there so many Enochs? Well, it's a good name. As you said. Love the land of Nod. It's a fun thing. I don't know. It just sounds cool. Like, I want to go there. So, yeah, like the apocryphal texts are kind of like the uh, the Deuterocanon or however the hell you say it. It's like the extended universe. Expanded universe. Right. Like when, it was kind of like when Disney took over Star Wars and just said, nah, that's not all, that's all fucking, that's all nonsense. But like, it's still helpful if you want to understand why people like Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason for this is likely due to the descriptions of the fallen angels, uh, which may have been seen as blasphemy to suggest that angels could rebel against God in the way that these do. It's uh, sort of- They're a, bad boys. The bad boy angels. Yeah, they're definitely bad boys. I mean, and it's a bit different than like Lucifer's rebellion. Yeah. It's got, it's sort of a um, alternate alternate universe uh, an- angelic rebellion than the one we get in the canon version. Yeah. In Christian canon, many of the early church fathers actually regarded Enoch as canonical. Um, and the Book of the Watchers, one Enoch, is referenced in the Book of Jude, in which Enoch, the seventh from Adam, is quoted. Uh, and Enoch also, the seventh from Adam, prophesied of these, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to convict all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have ungodly committed and all of their hard speeches which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Yeah, that is what Enoch did. That is what he prophesies. Yeah. Uh, and in first book of Enoch, it says, And behold, he cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and to destroy all the ungodly and to convict all flesh of all the works of their ungodliness, which they have ungodly committed. <laughs> and of all the hard things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. Yeah. It's, so it's like a restating. Yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. So, so the book, the point is that the book of Enoch was considered to be the truth or like was considered to be and then got yanked out and then got yanked out oh yoink yeah why did it get yoinked well um probably because it's a bit weird yeah and because it also implies you know how like in the book of job like a lot of people are like yeah like satan tricks god into being a huge piece of shit to this asshole sequoia i mean job <laughs> um <laughs> and uh but it's not really like that like god's right. not making really making a mistake there He's not really getting tricked. He's just being an asshole. Yep. With different conceptions right now. God be like that. Well, in the first book of Enoch, it kind of seems like God fucked up. Yeah. And it, it, that's a weird kind of place. God makes mistakes too, man. Well, especially when back in the day when God was the old bearded man in the sky. Yeah. As opposed to the later conceptions of God. Like if you imagine God as a man then God's going to make a lot of mistakes. Right, right, right. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's what man is. Right, yeah. And I mean, like, that's like sort of the theological innovation of the uh, the God of the gaps. Right. Right, like, 
that okay these characters that are gods like they're clearly not they clearly couldn't relate uh, create a universe yeah the god that created the universe has to be far beyond that has right. to be all that and more right yeah so that's that's my hunch as to why uh-huh. i'm sure there are people that actually know because they're scholars in this shit but i'm winging it but yeah it was by 200 uh, ce <laughs> do we do or do we say ad because we're talking about scripture I'm just going to say CE anyway. Yeah. Uh, Enoch was mostly excluded from the Christian canon and is only considered canonical scripture by the Ethiopian and the Eritrean Orthodox uh, Tewahedo churches. Okay. So yeah, it's only like Ethiopia, both- Accepts it. Ethiopian Judaism and Ethiopian Christianity both accept, mm-hmm. you know, specific uh, types of sects of those, I imagine. Yeah. But yeah, everywhere else, nah. So it's got an interesting place in these religious traditions, right? It's almost like it's kind of just a little hard to square with the rest of it. Almost like they tried to sweep it under the rug or eh, just don't don't worry about that one. The Book of Enoch is like what people who don't read the Bible read, though. Like, yeah, because it's interesting. Right. You know, yeah. even if you haven't read the Bible, if you're like sort of into esoteric stuff, into conspiracy yeah. stuff, you probably dug into the Book of Enoch a little bit. Well, the fact that it got excluded does make it more mis- mysterious. It's true. It's, yeah. it's very true. And... It's odd because it does provide more context, more context and explanation for one of the most important parts of the Bible, which is the flood. Yeah. Uh, and it also um, is a really early example of like the pr- prophecy of the Messiah and the last judgment and shit. Uh-huh. Like these two super important parts of this. Right. It's like the, the end one of the, the earliest examples of it. Right. But it's like, nah, 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 nah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a difficult one. And let's take a look at why. It opens pretty damn hard, and I definitely dig it. Okay. Um, Can I read it? Uh, I'll have you read the sort of verse part. I'll read until the, the verse starts, like the, the poetry part. The words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous, who will be living in the day of tribulation, when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. And he took up his parable and said, Enoch, a righteous man whose eyes were opened by God, saw the vision of the Holy One in the heavens, which the angels showed me, and from them I heard everything. And for them I understood as I saw, but not for this generation, but for a remote one which is to come. Concerning the elect, I said, and took up my parable concerning them. The Holy Great One will come forth from his dwelling, and the eternal God will tread upon the earth, even on Mount Sinai, and appear from his camp, and appear in the strength of his might from the heaven of heavens. And all shall be smitten with fear, and the watchers shall quake, and great fear and trembling shall seize them unto the ends of the earth. And the high mountains shall be shaken, and the high hills shall be made low, and shall melt like wax before the flame. And the earth shall be wholly rent in sunder, and all that is upon earth shall perish, and there shall be a judgment upon all men. Fuck yeah. That's pretty hardcore. It's sick as fuck. It's dope as hell. Oh, I love it. And then it goes on to talk about the blessing of the good people and all that, but it's not nearly as metal, so don't worry about it. That's just that wimpy shit. Like, this is what every crazy person says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking cool as hell. <laughs> Great fear and trembling shall seize them unto the ends of the Righteous earth. Righteous judgment is coming. Dude. The world is ending. Uh, there's nothing better than divine judgment, man. It's, it's a divine judgment's a vibe. You know? <laughs> This is when they're right about it. Yeah. Uh, Well, it goes on to give a poetic description about how everything in nature has its place and everything runs like a perfectly crafted machine. Observe ye everything that takes place in the heaven, how they do not change their orbits and the luminaries which are in heaven, how they all rise and set in order each in its season and 
and transgress not against their appointed order. Yeah. They're, and, they're, they're on their orbits. Yeah. You know? It goes on to talk about trees and natures. Everything's doing what it's supposed to. One perfectly crafted machine. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's very much psychedelic philosophy of the time. Yeah. You know, um, everything's working perfectly except uh, except humanity sometimes. Yeah. 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 That damn free will that we got. Right. You know, fuck. The ability to think about thinking. It fucks us up. But ye, ye have not been steadfast nor done the commandments of the Lord. But ye have turned away and spoken proud and harsh words with your impure mouths against his greatness. Oh, ye hard-hearted, ye shall find no peace. Therefore shall ye execrate your days, and the years of your life shall perish, and the years of your destruction shall be multiplied in eternal execration. And ye shall find no mercy. This is just exactly what a dude standing on a milk crate says. This really is just a smelly man in a bathrobe on a milk yeah. crate. Yeah. Uh, You're all going to suffer for yeah. your sins. <laughs> now, so why could everything be so bad? Why could human? why is humanity not doing what they're supposed to not? We've been corrupted? Perhaps? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it seems some of the angels got some odd ideas in their heads. Ah. Uh, See, they, there was a group of angels that were a little- They were horny. A little pissed off. Oh. Uh little pissed off they were told they were subservient to these fucking hairless apes and feeling a little randy and looking down at all the women folk they got some bad ideas Ooh, yeah gotcha. Ooh. and the angels the children of heaven saw and lusted after them that'd be the women i don't blame them and said to one <laughs> another come let us choose wives from among the children of men and beget us children and Simyaza, who was their leader, said unto them, I fear ye will not indeed agree to do this deed, and I alone shall have to pay the penalty of a great sin. Which is like, that's mob shit, dude. Yeah. Semyaza, the leader's like- He's the mob, he's he's like, the mob boss. He's like, listen, we're going to go down there. We're going to just- We're going to do it in and out. We're going to do it in and out. But here's the thing. I know you pieces of shit are going to cut and run on me. Like, you're going to yeah. leave me out. You're going to leave me holding you're the gonna bag. Leave, you're going to leave me holding the bag. So we fucking- you know, it's mob shit or what those wrinkly old fucks did at Epstein's Island and shit, right? They, yeah. They sign an, an oath that they'll all go through. <laughs> oh, a contract. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, blackmail material. Like, yeah. Well, now I feel like I have to do it in a mob accent. Yeah, you do. The, all the angels talk like either mob, bo- the bad angels talk like mo- uh, Italian mob bosses like, it's, and the it's, good it's, angels talk like uh, New York Jewish deli owners. Yeah, it's different in my mind. Let us all swear an oath. And all bind ourselves by mutual imprecations not to abandon this plan, but to do this thing. See, it works so much better. (laughs) (laughs) Then swear they all together and bound themselves by mutual imprecations upon it. And they were all in 200 who descended in the days of Jared on the summit of Mount Hermon. Mount Hermon. So they signed the contract? They signed the contract. They did the thing. And uh, the names of the leaders of these angels was uh, Semyaza. Arakiba, Ramael, Kokabiel, Tamiel, Ramiel, Daniel, Ezekiel. There's a Azael, bunch of different ones. Amaros, Bad-ro- The important ones are Semyaza and Azazel. Yes. They're the important ones. There's a whole fucking bunch of them, though. 
but Zach, like Zachiel, Satario, yeah. like they all have their own specialties too. Like they right, teach, exactly. they come down and teach to the humans. Like yeah, one of them teaches like astronomy. One of them teaches like the like music or whatever. Like a they, whole bunch of shit. Yeah, and uh, you'll see some of these angel names in like magical writing and shit. Yep, and that, like and that's the only reason I included like the list is because like this is some of that shit where those old ass angels. Oh names. yeah pop up so the angels go down to earth and they ingratiate themselves with the humans and each of the angels teaches humanity certain technologies while they choose for themselves comely human wives mm. and all the others together with them took onto themselves wives and each chose for himself one and they began to go in unto them and to defile themselves with them and they taught them charms and enchantments at the cutting of roots and made them acquainted with plants <laughs> yeah azazel taught humanity how to make weapons of war and how to work with metals to make not just weapons but jewelry and adornments how lovely because those things kind of go together yeah yeah you and know? as well as makeup and fashion in general right war and yeah i mean i guess it's not intuitive like i just say that like it would make sense no it's, to anyone, it's not intuitive but, it, but it's not what it i would guess make but it makes sense. total sense yeah because i almost think of like jewelry and makeup almost as a form of like war paint or armor sure in a way yeah and also how jewelry is so um like it's the thing that you see dynasties stealing from each other yeah when they go to other countries is like let me take your sacred jewels or whatever like it's what you see in museums and stuff alongside the weapons is like jewelry yeah i I don't know well they're both like ego things yeah 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 that too and like, and Azazel, he caused a lot of war and fornication. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, Samyaza taught enchantments and root cuttings. Uh, Amaros, how to break enchantments. Barakiel taught astrology. Kokabiel taught the constellations. Sariel taught the car- the course of the moon. Basically, uh, magical technology plus Azazel with violence and how to look good doing it. Yeah. Yeah. However, just like the Liger, crossbreeding species ends up pretty fucked up. And this was known even in those days of yore. Yeah, what happens when an angel fucks a human? Oh, oh, it's not good. Yeah. It's real not good. Uh, The product of the unholy union between the Watchers and humanity were giants. Fucked up giants. And giants doesn't mean necessarily huge dudes. Yeah. Like in all the other mythologies. The way that some of them are described is really more like monstrous and weird than like gigantic. Yeah. It's more of like a morphed hybrid things and they became pregnant and they bore great giants whose height was 3,000 L oh these guys are giant Mm -hmm. who consumed all the acquisition of men and when men could no longer sustain them the giants turned against them and devoured mankind the giants were corporations (laughs) Um, and they began to sin against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish to devour one another's flesh and drink the blood then the earth laid accusation against the lawless ones. There could be a case for the the Nephilim being, uh, you know. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> uh, That's just, dude, this is a... Those fucking, are the giants destroying the earth. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. It's a... This is a bad fucking scene, dude. Yeah, yeah. This is a bad scene. Yep. They're just eating people. Sinning against birds and beasts and reptiles and fish, whatever that means. Yeah, they're destroying the ocean and the atmospheres. They're cutting down the rainforests. No, we're not doing that. Come on now. They are eating the trees, though. They're eating all the trees. They're eating the trees. They're raping the fish. Yeah. They're doing bad shit. Uh, They're destroying the environments. 
Yeah. Yeah. It could be seen as corporations and shit or like groups of people, ideas destroying. Devouring. Yeah. But they're also like just eating. They are literally just eating people though. Like they're ah, ah, eating up like popsicles and shit. Oh yeah. And like, so then the archangels, Mikael, Raphael, Gabriel, and Uriel looked down on the scene and heard the cries of humanity as they were being devoured and fucked to death by giants. I know. Kind of hot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the archangels like said to each other, in essence, um, holy shit, things are fucked up down there. It sounds like they need the big man's help. Uh, God? Uh, yeah. And so they go to God and they say to the Lord of the Ages, and this is really funny if said like extremely New York Jewishly. Okay. So, yeah. I got it. Lord of Lords, God of Gods, King of Kings and God of the Ages, the throne of thy glory standeth unto all the generation of the ages, and thy name holy and glorious and blessed unto the ages. Thou hast made all things, and power over all things hast thou, and all things are naked and open in thy sight, and thou seest all things, and nothing can hide itself from thee. Thou seest what Azazel hath done. Who hath taught all unrighteousness on earth and revealed the eternal secrets, which were preserved in heaven, which men were striving to learn, and Semyaza, to whom thou hast given authority to bear rule over his associates, and they've gone to the daughters of men upon the earth, slept with the women, defiled themselves, revealed to them all kinds of sins, and the women have borne giants, and the whole earth has thereby been filled with blood and unrighteousness. Yeah, so the archangel is like, God, are you, are you seeing this shit? What the hell? We're know- all powerful. What the hell? We know you're seeing it. We, why are you ignoring it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And God, knowing he he did a little goof him up, he just kind of scowls, pauses, and like, are you gonna say anything? He pauses and he goes, go tell Noah to build a boat. <laughs> <laughs> It gets literally what he fucking he tells he tells Uriel to go tell Noah to build yeah. a boat because some shit's shit's about to go down. Yeah. Then God tells Raphael to go bind Azazel, charge him with the fault of all sin, and go throw him into a prison in the desert at a place named Dudale. <laughs> the dude ranch. Yeah. Throw toss him in the dude ranch where he'll get poked with sharp rocks in the darkness until the day of judgment, when he'll then get cast into the eternal fire. What? <laughs> Is is this because of the weapons? It's the whole thing. And the and the yeah. The blood and fornication, yeah. yeah my, the, the blood's not all on Azazel's hands. No, it's all on his hands. Well, okay. no, but they all made the giants, but Azazel okay. taught him how to make the weapons. Yeah. Yeah. But but they all rape the women. They do all rape the women. So you know. Yeah. Semyaza got them to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like really Semyaza. But like Azazel went all in. Yeah. He was particularly enjoying himself. Enthusiastic yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, to Gabriel, the Lord said, proceed against the bastards and reprobates and against the children of fornication and destroy the children of fornication and the children of the watchers from amongst men and cause them to go forth. Send them one against the other that they may destroy each other in battle. For length of days shall they not have. Okay. So so he, God is talking to Gabriel and he's yeah. like, um, yeah, just have them destroy each other. It won't take long. Yeah, just turn them, basically go do the same thing. This is happening right now. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know. This is just life. Yes. yes like, yeah, this, is, yeah. this is an eternal story. It's the eternal story. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a timeless story, really. Yeah. Uh, and to Mikael, uh, God says, 
to go bind Semyaza and all the watchers who have taken human wives and bind them for 70 generations until the day of judgment when they will be cleansed with fire. All right. And all the wicked shall be cleansed with fire. Fuck it, we'll burn it all down. And only the good people will be left. Just the good ones and they'll be super righteous and happy and it's going to be great. Yeah, that's Just how go it, burn it the fuck down. That's exactly how it worked out too. Right. <laughs> and then the whole earth shall be tilled in righteousness and shall all be planted with trees and be full of blessing. Yeah. What voice should I do this one in? Regular? Uh, yeah, I mean, God voice, you know. And cleanse thou the earth from all oppression, and from all unrighteousness, and from all sin, and from all godlessness, and all the uncleanness that is wrought upon the earth, destroy from off the earth. And all the children of men shall become righteous, and all nations shall offer adoration, and shall praise me, and all shall worship me, and the earth shall be cleansed from all defilement, from all sin, and from all punishment, from all torment, and I will never again send them upon it from generation to generation and forever. I'll, I'll never fuck up like this again. I promise. Worship me. <laughs> and, Jesus, you're so needy, God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's kind of a fucker. Like... Handle handle your fuck ups. He's kind of like an incompetent CEO. Yeah. 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 He shouldn't. I'm not sure he should have been given this much power. And then Enoch, who was the most righteous of men in those days of sin, well, he gets a visit from the good angels, from the archangels. Yes. Who tell him, Enoch, listen, listen, we've been watching you. So what we do, we think you got what it takes to play in the big leagues. So we want you to do something for us. Prove how rad you are, Enoch. Go to the fallen angels, the ones who fathered those fucked up giants. Go to them. Right, Enoch? Say, hey, hey, God's going to murder the fuck out of you, just so you know. Come on, you got this kid. Go tell him. <laughs> Is that a good idea? Why, why does he need to warn know. them? I why don't can't know. They, why can't it just happen? Because these are all sadistic fuckers. Yeah. You got to put them on blast. Put them on notice. Yeah. Yeah, don't get too comfy. Yeah. Your time's coming. So this is what Enoch does. Yeah. Yeah, he, he goes and finds the fallen angels and he it, he starts talking to them. The fallen angels start trembling in fear <laughs> and they say to Enoch, listen, Enoch, buddy, my guy, listen, we didn't mean nothing by it. Yeah. This is all just a misunderstanding. Look, just go tell the big guy our side of the story and everything will work out. It'll all end up groovy. It'll be fine. Go on. You're such a great fucking writer after all. Enoch, describe, write down our petition and bring it to the big cheese. He loves you. Hey, you want some want some root cuttings? Yes. Here you go. <laughs> so Enoch does this too. He goes to God. Oh, God. With the petition from the fallen angels. I. This is where I, I'm not your messenger. <sighs> That's why you're not Enoch. Yeah. That's why you don't get to be Metatron. No. Now, what do you think it's like going to God's house? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I like to think that um, it's kind of messy well you're not wrong yeah. yeah you know I was a courier for a bit delivering like bundles of paychecks to businesses and shit yeah it was cool I got to see the insides of a bunch of different buildings that otherwise I never would have gotten to see yeah uh, and there was always like a bit of anxiety and worry that I was doing something wrong going to the wrong place you know yeah yeah like is this the right entrance right yeah I mean, it's always cool because I'm just the paycheck guy everyone's happy to see the paycheck guy oh yeah you know straight up though i never had delivered to god's house but enoch gets yeah so how does enoch get to god's house takes a nap oh yeah okay that's how he just he says that he goes to the land of dan 
and reads the petition and prayer the watchers gave him until he fell asleep. And it was while he was sleeping that the vision of God and God's house came to him. And this is really interesting to me. Because hmm. in this cosmology, where Enoch literally goes to the fallen watchers in waking life, he still has to journey to God's house in his dreams. Yeah. Yeah. This implies the watchers and other heavenly beings come into the physical world from the dream world. Yes. That's interesting. Well, we knew that. I guess. I don't know. I don't believe no Freddy Krueger-ass bullshit. Yeah. Um, but there's also parallels here to the Neville Goddard magical technique of, of visualizing. Mm -hmm. He refers to as praying until you fall asleep, like feeling a desired future until you fall asleep. Anyway, Enoch takes a nap and goes to God's house. Doesn't everyone do that while they fall asleep? Maybe. I don't know. I like to Im imagine scenarios where I'm happy and having a good time until I fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you don't do that, you should try it. You definitely should. Yeah. All right, so Enoch's taking a nap. He's yeah. going to God's house. Behold, in the vision clouds invited me and a mist summoned me, and the course of the stars and the lightning sped and hastened me, and the winds and the vision caused me to fly and lifted me upward and bore me into heaven. I drew nigh to a wall which is built of crystals and surrounded by tongues of fire. I went into the tongues of fire and drew nigh to a large house which was built of crystals. The walls of the house were like a tessellated floor made of crystals, and its groundwork was of crystal. Its ceiling was like the path of stars and the lightnings, and between them were fiery cherubim, and their heaven was clear as water. A flaming fire surrounded the walls, and its portals blazed with fire. And I entered into that house, and it was hot as fire, and cold as ice, and there were no delights of life therein. Fear covered me, and trembling got a hold upon me. Is that God's house? Nah, nah, nah. That's just the gatehouse or something? God's guest house? Uh, yeah. Uh, this is like, this is the vibe check. Hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you can handle this part, then you're, you're allowed to get through to the next part. Yeah. This description of a crystal palace is rather interesting, too. Uh, yeah. We'll get back to that, because we're not even at God's house yet. I beheld a vision, and lo, there was a second house, Told you. greater than the former. And the entire portal stood open before me, and it was built of flames of fire. And in every respect it so excelled in splendor and magnificence and extent that I cannot describe to you its splendor and its extent. Its floor was of fire, and above it were lightnings in the path of stars, and its ceiling was also of flaming fire." And I looked and saw a lofty throne. Its appearance was as crystal, and the wheels thereof as shining sun. And there was a vision of cherubim. And from underneath the throne came streams of flaming fire, so I could not look thereon. And the great glory sat thereon, and his raiment shone more brightly than the sun, and was whiter than any snow." And until then, I had been prostrate on my face, trembling, and the Lord called me with his own mouth and said to me, Come hither, Enoch, and hear my word. Then God says to Enoch, You tell those pieces of shit. You tell those pieces of shit they are meant to live an eternal spiritual life in heaven. I appointed no wives for them. Yet they go down there, get giants of all things, and now these giants are turning my whole goddamn earth into a fucking blood circus. From the days of the slaughter and destruction of death of the giants, from the soul of whose flesh the spirits having gone forth shall destroy without incurring judgment, thus shall they destroy until 
the day of the consumption, the great judgment in which the age shall be consummated over the watchers and the godless, yea, shall be wholly consummated. Now as to the watchers, you fucking tell them. <laughs> you have been in heaven, but all the mysteries had not yet been revealed to you, and you knew worthless ones. And these in the hardness of your hearts you have made known to the women, and through these mysteries women and men work much evil on earth. Say to them, therefore, you have no peace. He's pissed. Yeah. Big man is pissed. He's mad. You know, that's not... Come on, angels. Yeah. That's not what you're supposed to be doing. So Enoch returns from his chat with God, and he just strolls right back up to the watchers, and he says... I wrote out your petition, and in my vision it appeared thus that your petition will not be granted unto you throughout all the days of eternity, and that judgment has been finally passed upon you. Yea, your petition will not be granted unto you, and from henceforth you shall not ascend into heaven unto all eternity, and in bonds of the earth the decree has gone forth to bind you for all the days of the world, and, um... <clears throat> That previously you shall have seen the destruction of your beloved sons, and ye shall have no pleasure in them, and they shall fall before you by the sword. <laughs> um, and your petition on their behalf shall not be granted, nor yet on your own, even though you weep and pray and speak all the words contained in the writing which I have written. Brutal. Yeah. Flat denial. Just complete flat denial. Uh, God said no. Yeah. And at, at this point, the... They kind of skip over the whole how that goes down. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Because the next part is that Enoch just gets taken on a magical mystery tour of the okay. Earth and the cosmos. Yeah. He says that the, they took him, which uh. usually means the Jews, but that'd be redundant in this case. You know? <laughs> they. Uh, so I'm not sure if he means the fallen angels, the archangels. I think it's I think it's the archangel. I think it's the last. Probably. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it definitely is. But you know what? It just... Just fucking the good guy angels. Yeah, I mean they're angels. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's necessarily good. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I think Enoch's been eating some of those fucking root cuttings. Oh my god! Yeah, I think so. Uh, first, he says that he was taken to a place with beings that were made of fire but could appear as men. Yeah, I believe this probably refers to the jinn who described as being made of fire. Mm -hmm. um, and then he goes to the darkest of dark places and the highest of high mountains. He says, "And I saw the places of the luminaries and the treasuries of the stars and." of thunder and in the uttermost depths, where were a fiery bow and arrows and their quiver, and a fiery sword and all the lightnings. And they took me to the living waters and to the fire of the west, which receives every setting sun. And I, I came to a river of fire in which the fire flows like water and discharges itself into the great sea towards the west. I saw the great rivers and came to the great river and to the great darkness and went to the place where no flesh walks. <laughs> Just like a guy telling you about his vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing is super psychedelic. Oh, yeah. And really cool. The uh, place where no flesh walks. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to pull out all the coolest bits. But like, this is also where a lot of the ancient alien assumptions come mm. from as well. 
because some of these uh, places sound like maybe they're not exactly earth. Okay. He sees the winds of heaven and the path of the angels. He sees a world where it's eternal daylight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then. I saw a deep abyss with columns of heavenly fire. And among them, I saw columns of fire fall, which were beyond measure alike towards the height and towards the depth. And beyond that abyss, I saw a place which had no firmament of the heaven above and no firmly founded earth beneath it. There was no water upon it and no birds, but it was a waste and horrible place. Yeah. He saw the void. The void or like. Yeah, yeah, the darkness of space or like... A, yeah, with a no sky, no ground. Rock, you know? Yeah. And I, like, I know a ton of old biblical writing and shit is vague enough to see whatever you want in it. And like, we'll get to that. But like what my mind first jumps to with this passage with like the, the firefalls and shit, it's like the pillars of creation, that nebula way out in space. Like meteors. Or I'm thinking like those giant like, yeah. you know, rainbow, which I know is also like not the visible spectrum of light, but that's yeah. just the image that pops into my head. Right. Like, but like a lot of this sounds like Enoch is flying through space. Mm-hmm. I saw there seven stars like great burning mountains, and to me when I inquired regarding them, the angel said, This place is the end of heaven and earth. This has become a prison for the stars and the host of heaven, and the stars which roll over the fire are they which have transgressed the commandment of the Lord in the beginning of their rising, because they did not come forth at their appointed times. It's where all the aborted babies are. then the angel uriel says to enoch that this is where the fallen angels are imprisoned until the day of the last judgment where they'll all be judged until the end of time oh okay yeah as well as the women who slept with the angels jesus they're all there a little bit of victim blaming there okay yeah (laughs) and then uh enoch lists the name of the good names of the good watchers who look over mankind uriel one of the holy angels who is over the world and over tartarus Raphael, who is over the spirits of men Raguel, one of the holy angels who take who takes vengeance on the world of the luminaries. Oh, okay. Punishes the stars? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mikael, he that is set over the best part of mankind and over chaos. Oh. And Sarakael, who is set over the spirits who sin in the spirit. Gabriel, who is over paradise and the serpents and the cherubim. And Remiel, whom God set over those who rise. Those who rise. And then Enoch is taken to another place with no firmament above nor earth below, nothing but chaos and horrible. And he saw seven stars of heaven bound within it. That's where we just were. I know. Yeah. Yeah. He writes it twice. It's yeah. In, like it's in there twice. Yeah. Uh, He's got it. Yeah, he was there. Yep. Yeah. I was really there. I was really, really there. Uh, then said Uriel, one of the holy angels who was with me, who was chief over them and said, Enoch, why dost thou ask and why art thou eager for the truth? These are of the number of stars of heaven which have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and are bound here till 10,000 years. The time entailed by their sins are consummated. Then Enoch says he went to another horrible place, even more horrible than the last. Saw something. You guessed it. Horrible. I went to another place which was still more horrible than the former. Told you. And I saw a horrible thing. Yep. A great fire there, which burnt and blazed, and the place was cleft as far as the abyss, being full of great descending columns of fire. Neither its extent or magnitude could I see, nor could I conjecture. Then I said, how fearful is the place, and how terrible to look upon. Then Uriel answered me, one of the holy angels who was with me, and said unto me, Enoch, why hast thou such fear and affright? And I answered, 
because of this fearful place and because of the spectacle of pain. And he said, this place is the prison of the angels. They will be imprisoned forever. Yeah. Why, why are you so afraid? Why are you afraid? Because I'm because looking at angel prison. What the fuck, dude? Because angel prison is scary. Yeah. Uh, then the angel Raphael takes Enoch to a mountainous, rocky realm where the spirits of the dead are held, and he hears the voice of the spirit of Abel, whom his brother Cain slew, crying out curses upon the seed of Cain until it was wiped from the earth. I thought this was that Enoch, but it's not. Mm. So he see, he gets to see, like, angel prison. Then he gets to see, like, this dead prison. Yeah. Dead. And now... Now he's seeing... Uh, he flies to a land of seven mountains, this time accompanied by Mikael. One of the mountains rises higher than all the others and resembles a throne with wonderfully fragrant trees. Well, this is a nice change of pace. Yeah, Enoch had never seen these trees before, circling the throne with fruit like the date of a palm. He asks about the trees, and Mikael says, Enoch, why dost thou ask me regarding the fragrance of the tree? Why dost thou wish to learn the truth? And I answered him, saying, I wish to know about everything, but especially this tree. And he answered, saying, This high mountain, whose summit is like the throne of God, is his throne, where the Holy Great One, the Lord of glory, the Eternal King, will sit, and he shall come down to visit the earth with goodness. And as for this fragrant tree, no mortal is permitted to touch it till the great judgment, when he shall take vengeance on all and bring everything to its <laughs> consummation forever. Don't touch the fucking tree. No touching the pretty tree until the day of God's fury. Yep. Um, there is... So much in this book about trees. Yeah. A ton. I love that. It's like they spend so much time on these fucking beautiful They're trees. They're very important. They are. I love We I love use them for every. We use them for fire. We use them to build houses. We use them to, to get yeah, 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 yeah. from. And- but it's, it's, I don't know. Trees are great, but it's like there's, an, I don't mean in the passages I pulled, but like in the thing, yeah. there's so much about the fucking tree. Yeah. The, the weird trees here, weird trees there. It's like Enoch's kind of touchstone, which especially with the whole root cutting spit. Yeah. And the fact that this does sound like a psychedelic trip. Mm-hmm. You know, uh-huh. I think think the boy had plants on the brain. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Uriel says about this place with these beautiful trees and there's an accursed valley right next to it. It's not all actually that pretty. It could never be because this beautiful mountain full of trees and God's throne is right next to an accursed valley yeah. of darkness. You know what this makes me think of? This makes me think of people who keep having like bad trips, but keep tripping. <laughs> it's like, and yeah. the angels are like, why do you want to know so bad? Yeah. yeah why do you yeah. want this? He's like, I just have to see it. Yeah. You know, it's like those people. That's, and then end yeah. up like, you know, they end up like Enoch being like, the world's going to end. I had visions. I can see everything. Yeah. I see the future. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it just reminds me of that with these angels being like, man, like, I don't want to show you this, but you're you here. You don't need to know. You don't need to see this, <coughs> but yeah, fine. If you want to see it, here you yeah. go. Here you fucking go. Yeah. You want to keep eating your weird root cuttings and coming back here, then this is the, the horrors that you're going to see. Yeah. And like, <laughs> and Uriel, yeah, Uriel says about this place with the beautiful trees and the cursed valley where the damned whale right next to it. In the last days, there shall be upon them the spectacle of righteous judgment in the presence of the righteous forever. Here shall the merciful bless the Lord of glory, the eternal king. Yo. Spectacle of righteous judgment is the single most metal fucking thing I've ever heard in my goddamn life. Sounds like it'll be fiery. That's gonna be sick. (laughs) It's gonna be fucking rad, dude. Spectacle of righteous judgment. Yeah. Well, 
From there, Enoch travels all over the place and talks a lot about trees. Yeah. I imagine like a lot. He keeps talking about the fucking trees and gardens and such, the garden of righteousness, waterfalls, and rivers. Gardens are important. And also trees. The tree of wisdom, etc. They are they're great. They're great. The burning tree. It was there some sort of burning tree in the Bible. Is that, that's a, the burning bush, yeah. The burning bush. That Moses talked to. Yeah. He said, I am that I am. Yeah, it's important. Plants are very important. Yeah. Yeah. And then he comes to then we get to the conclusion of the first book of Enoch with a lot of talk about the cardinal directions and portals. Cool. Yeah. Okay. And from thence I went to the ends of the earth and saw there great beasts, and each differed from the other. And I saw birds also differing in appearance and beauty and voice, the one differing from the other. And to the east of those beasts I saw the ends of the earth whereon the heaven rests and the portals of the heaven open. I saw how the stars of heaven come forth, and I counted the portals out of which they proceed, and wrote down all their outlets, and of each individual star by itself, according to their number and their names, their courses and their positions, and their times and their months, as Uriel, the holy angel who was with me, showed me, and he showed all the things to me, and wrote them down for me. Also their names he wrote for me, and their laws and their companies. So the stars of heaven come out of portals. I could see that. Like, you're looking up at the stars being being like, what is that? Like, I could see yeah. conceptualizing yeah, them yeah, each yeah, as a yeah. portal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And Enoch writes down all this, like, astrological, astronomical, I guess, information. Yeah. And then... And then I went towards the north to the ends of the earth, and there I saw a great and glorious device at the ends of the earth. Huh. And here I saw three portals of heaven open in the heaven. Through each of them proceed north winds. When they blow, there is cold, hail, frost, snow, dew, and rain. And out of one portal they blow for good. And when they blow through the other two portals, it is with violence and affliction on the earth, and they blow with violence. Interesting. This exact thing happens in each of the other cardinal directions too, west, south, east, without a device. Yeah. Um, but this triple portal thing of which one is good and the other two bad... Uh, shows up in each of the directions. I was just thinking, I wonder if that device he's talking about is the magnetic pole. Yeah, where things like um, mirror themselves. No, like um, you can build a compass out yeah. of a magnetic metal and some water, right? Uh-huh. Probably notice that sometimes metal just points a certain direction if it's like floating. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's a, a, a device, a thing, a thing that does something up in the north. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just the thing where like there's one good and two bad is very interesting to me. Yeah, that's also yeah, that's also super interesting. I yeah, like there's not really any extrapolation, at least in the first book of Enoch, on what the fuck that means. Yeah, um, out of one portal they blow for good, but when they blow through the other two portals, it's with violence and affliction. Yeah, yeah, and that's how the first book of Enoch ends. It's odd. Yeah, and we're not going to get into books two and three today. Maybe some other day I'll do an ep on the ascension of Enoch into Metatron and all that. But there is a section of Enoch called the Book of the Luminaries that is very, very, very wordy that goes deep into the specifics of how the planets move around the Earth. Mm. And Enoch describes the planets, the sun, and the moon as coming out of portals, windows in different directions. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. just like you were saying. And like, you know, this makes me think that contrary to the sci-fi interpretation, the portal business is simply just where stars appear in the night sky from. Right. Yeah. 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 
But let's talk about that sci-fi spooky ass interpretation. Oh, we gotta. Yeah. Because that's what we're all here for. Yes. Yeah. First, this presents a very different version of the fallen angel myth than Lucifer's rebellion against heaven. It's easy to see where the interpretation of as ancient aliens comes from, especially with all the talk of portals. Mm -hmm. Like, in tons of mythology, giants aren't actually giant. A lot of times, they're basically alien, different in physical characteristics, greatly varying between individuals. You know, one could interpret the Nephilim as, uh, you know, the angels copulating with the women as a sort of genetic engineering. Right. It's such a literal interpretation. Well, yeah. 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 It's a fun one. It's a it's a super literal interpretation. But beyond that, there's the whole business with God's house. Yeah. Yeah. God's house is weird, dude. Um, and ancient alien theorists have interpreted God's house to be a primitive man seeing the inside of a spaceship. Yeah. Made of tessellated crystals and fire and flashing lights and all this shit. I mean, you know, and to compound that, it's descriptions of Enoch's journey through the Earth and Sheol, which kind of sounds like a motherfucker on a space voyage. However, yeah. it's also the element of Enoch being asleep. Right. Yeah. Because this is very interesting to me because we have this thing, again, again, where dream voyages are misinterpreted as literally physically true. Right? Yeah. Which, you know, it's not the same thing. And the abduction phenomenon is a different thing for sure. Mm-hmm. However, we have encountered this before, and I'm specifically thinking about one of the lost episodes. Yeah. Of people not being able to tell dreaming from being awake. Yeah. It's weird. It's a thing that- It happens. happens. Um, yet, there's also the implication that things in the dream world can leak out into the physical world. Which then makes me think about our Harriet Tubman episode when we talked about all those- ideas of people seeing in their dreams information that they couldn't access in their waking life and having yes. sort of these prophetic yeah. um, divine experiences. It also makes me think of, I've heard a couple interviews with Joshua Cutchins who wrote a book called The Ecology of Souls, which postulates a theory of quote unquote aliens, the supernatural, the paranormal, being psychopomps. Yeah. And that this other world that they come from is the world after, on the other side of death, mm -hmm. which there's always been in association of sleep and death and the dream world with the afterlife. Yeah. Well, and uh, that's kind of fucking wild to me. Yeah. Uh, to think about this possibility that like, oh yeah, that other world, that other dimension or whatever is the other dimension that we go to every night. Yeah. Where we spend it's, a lot of our lives, actually. Right. It's elegant. Mm -hmm. It's a really elegant solution to a lot of problems. Yeah. Right? Like, if the other dimension the greys are coming from or the UFO is just dreams. Right. The 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 sort Trance of- Trance states. Yeah, the sort of right brain world as mm -hmm. opposed to our left brain physicality uh, world of geometry and math and shit. Yeah. Right? Because that's kind of what like a lot of the paranormal and like alien shit seems like. It seems like it comes from a world, uh, an illogical world. Mm-hmm. A world that doesn't operate on- doesn't operate by our, our laws. Right. Our, our uh, laws of cause and effect and mm -hmm. time and shit. And very pointedly, too. Or matter. Yeah, which is a thing that's always bothered me about being too hyper-skeptic of those experiences. Yeah. Like thinking that everyone's making it up or, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, it seems to be very pointedly breaking the right. rules of our reality. Well, it's like when I put you under... Um, hypnosis that yeah. one time and you had that that experience to you i'm sure feels very real i mean not as real as some psychedelic trips mm -hmm. you know uh but absolutely i mean yeah you know that was a definitely a poignant experience definitely right. that stuck with me i definitely didn't i have a better understanding of 
the potential of trans states and the role that trans in general right. plays and all this stuff. Afterwards. Like you had a you had a visual experience that you can remember as scenes in your mind or no? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So like you can remember scenes of being somewhere where you you weren't actually there. Right. You were on my floor. Right. But you can remember being in this place and having a strong emotional experience there. Yeah. I mean, the difference is I. You knew that you're not actually there. Right. Because we induced that experience. But you can see how someone who maybe isn't aware that they're being induced into that experience. Yeah. Or is half asleep or under the influence of um, some sort of substance. Some root cuttings. Yeah. How they could um, have an experience, a trance experience and integrate that as, you know, an actual memory, as an experience that really happened to them. Because it did. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, I don't think that that necessarily because i've been enjoying the like thought experiment of um like essentially like what if that's all true like what if this like like the dream world can leak out or the afterlife can leak out and Mm -hmm. like it's an interesting thought experiment to like try and like connect all the fucking oh yeah it's a fun one to to make to make these two fucking things square with one another and work (laughs) to me that is the only real way to do it is through taking trance and dreams as more important than I feel people who are interested in this stuff generally do. Right. You know what I hate when people are like, oh, I don't like when people tell me about their dreams. It's so boring. I hate hearing about other people's. I don't. That's so interesting. If someone wants to share their dreams with you, you're going to learn a lot about them that they're not telling you directly. Want to know what I dreamed about last night? Yes. I was dying of ass cancer. Good I shot all over the place. Oh my God. You were there, though. You were very supportive. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad I could help you through your ass cancer. Yeah, no, it wasn't good, dude. Wow. Oh, you're shitting your guts out. Oh. I'm going through it right now. Yeah. <laughs> this is so fucked up, dude. <laughs> See, dreams, they reveal a lot about what's going on. So, but like, I mean... A lot of people do put stock into dream interpretation or like oh, dream journals. A lot of people do. A lot of people don't. Maybe they should. Maybe they should. I mean, yeah. I mean, I've definitely had the ex- some fucking spooky ass shit happen regarding dreams. Mm-hmm. Shared dreams. Uh, precognitive dreams. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just, just kind of a thing that happens. Yeah. Uh, sometimes. It scares me about the ass cancer, but sorry. The doctor uh, looked like my uncle and that's just not true. Mm-hmm. Not a doctor. Yeah. He's a musician. Yeah. Well, well, now you know to get your uh, colonoscopy. It is coming up on that time. Yeah. <laughs> As well. Yeah. So, like, it's all in all, The Book of Enoch's a very interesting story. Right. Metal as hell. I'm thinking about the Seven of Wands is a pretty appropriate card because it's a very, um, like, aggressive card, you know? Yeah. And, like, the... um, it's even, very fiery. Yeah. To me. Well, we'll get to that in a second. I just got, like, one more paragraph. Ah, Yeah. Even though it does refer to the coming of the Messiah and the day of judgment in a way that you would think would make it prime for inclusion in the different Bibles, you know, uh-huh. uh, it, it it also paints a picture of God as, yes, a very powerful alien being, but also one who fucks up and has to throw out his canvas and start over. Yeah. There's no, I meant for it to be this way, or my ways are mysterious, like you get with Job to an extent or any shit like that. No. God is very much the old bearded man in the sky with the book of Enoch. Oh, yeah. I mean, he like he had all these angels that had their roles and he thinks, uh, you know, I got all my managers. I can just chill. They're managing yeah. it. But And then he found out that all of his managers were fucking up. Yeah. Like that would be what a conquering. Everybody's fired. 
would yeah. act like too. You know, yeah. that's that's a big part of the ancient aliens like interpretation. And shit. Right. You're all fired. You're all fucking fired. Jesus Christ. But it, like in, into the fiery flames of angel prison you go. Yeah. The seven of wands, though. Yeah. It is. I can, I, it's appropriate in a way that I don't normally interpret the seven of wands. Yes. Seven of wands is usually to me about lost causes. Mm-hmm. The pride of fighting for a lost cause. Yeah. But it is just also about pride and violence. And there's yeah. the pride of God here too. Right. right? You've and got it's Mars about, and Leo. It's about holding your own. It's about continuing to fight even when maybe others would have given up by now. But yeah. you have the tenacity to keep going. That's what Valor. That's what it is to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's also just Mars in Leo. It's also right. it's not just tenacity, but pride. Yes. And, and in a negative aspect, it could be stubbornness, but yeah. it's not. It's upright. And pride is both, well, it's one of the seven deadly sins. That's true. Know? And the it's the pride of the watchers that drives them to turn Earth into a blood circus. That's true, too. It's yeah. It's the pride of God that leads him to just pronounce fucking judgments of fire and destruction upon them. Right. Right? Like, it's, yeah. it is the story of, of, of pride being challenged and- It is. It really is. And blown the fuck up as a result. Even gods. Yeah. And like the fact that, you know, the human women have to suffer too. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's accurate though. Because- Mars and Leo, baby. Yeah. Because when, uh, when you're brutalized, you do have to suffer for it. Forever, yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. And it is often the pride of men that causes that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that to me is also what this story is about. Yeah. And also, yeah. And that aspect of it kind of gets ignored. Well, it's like, yeah. you know, what does this story say about like yeah. <laughs> women and men and sex and love and and power dynamics and relationships? I mean, like, it doesn't. That's a whole other aspect of it. Honestly, it doesn't say a lot it, about it other men. Yeah. Except that they're all killing each other. Right. Right. Like the view of humanity in this shit is pretty fucked up. Yeah. And shit. And there's also the implication that it's it's the pride of humanity that caused it to go against the perfect order of the earth. Mm hmm. Which is this interesting sort of Russian nesting doll thing with like the angels being pissed off at their uh, and then we learn place too in the much, machine, you know, and humans not being happy with their place in the machine. Yeah, and so God has to build a new machine, right? And I also like the idea of like you know the angels taught us too much. We weren't supposed to know all that. Yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, that yeah. also led to our demise. Is like, should we have access to all this technology? Is this is this good? <laughs> you know, where is this? You know, it, but it's the endless story. It's but, the timeless cycle. Exactly. Like we do, though. Destruction, growth, destruction, growth. Yeah. Rebirth, death. And like it's I mean, it also does. I have to like think of the 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 dirty bearded man in a robe on a fucking milk carton talking about the evils of modern society. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, we need a reset or a fucking uh a purification or something. It's like, nah, dude. It's like, like no, quiet like, down. It's coming. We know. You don't have to yell about it. Or, like, but it's like probably not, though. <laughs> right. It's probably not. Because if, it's, if it does, it does. If, if Live your life. If technology and progress is wrong, um, does does it, does it, it doesn't matter. It's still here. Right. I, and the thing is, like, this story of the world ending, this is true for people every day. Their right. worlds are ending. Worlds are always ending. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's just not it's not true for me or you right now, but for some well, like there are <laughs> some people's apocalypses are happening right now. Right. Like yes. So yeah, it's just, it's a great timeless story to be quite honest. Yeah. No, I, I think it is. I think it is a great allegorical 
examination of problems that people have seen with humanity since since 300 BCE. Since 300 BCE. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it goes further back than that. You'll find the same shit yep. in fucking ancient Greek writing, fucking ancient Egyptian writing. Yeah. You know, probably, and probably honestly, similar themes in the Epic of Gilgamesh. This story is kind of like the Seven of Wands. It's very enduring, you know? This story just doesn't want to go away either. That's true. That's yeah. super true. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, the Seven of Wands in the Thoth deck is a, a broken spine. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, it's a lot of violence here too. Right. So, so yeah, that's the book, The Watchers. I enjoyed this. Hell yeah. This was an interesting discussion. Yeah. it was. I, uh, I, I learned more than I knew about the Book of Enoch. Yeah. I tried to do something a little Watchers. different with this one, like just kind of retell the thing in a sort of, di- I hope, digestible and uh, understandable way. Totally. You know? Yeah, that's what I got. You'll face my own personal apocalypse right now. <laughs> if you like what we do, you can support the Nonsense Bazaar on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Nonsense Bazaar. You get access to our bonus series, Corkboard Bazaar, for only $5 a month. We release that every other week. I'm working on a Discord right now. I have a lot of stuff going on, but I will be adding that as a benefit very soon. It's mostly set up. Uh, I'm probably overthinking it, but what are you going to do? What you going to do? So yeah, if you want to support us, go to patreon.com slash Nonsense Bazaar. You can also find us on all the social media. You know how to do that. Subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell the fallen angels. <laughs> tell tell your God. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever that may be. Whoever that may be. All right, guys. Take, Take care. Me. Peace out. Peace.